welcome to the Steering Change Podcast, navigating through the commercial transportation industry in Alberta and beyond. Powered by the Alberta Motor Transport Association. Here's your host, Josh Hanaberry. Friends in the industry, I'm your host, Josh Hanaberry, and I want to welcome you back to another episode of the Steering Change Podcast. A key component when we're entering a new year, what it is, is it provides us with the opportunity to prepare what it is that we want to accomplish by building out a plan. And when we know where we want to go by building out the plan, it's also essential that we build out some steps to make sure that we accomplish this plan. So in our industry, professionals create a number of goals. Possibly it's to improve your operational processes, decrease some costs, obtain a safety achievement that helps you retain some staff, or possibly even landing a new customer. And in today's episode, I'm super excited to have a conversation with a good friend of mine, Cliff Litke, Senior Advisor of Workplace Support Services here at AMTA, to discuss goal setting, how he and his team are helping trucking companies accomplish goals and to share specific proven processes that you can implement into your your workplace to achieve the goals that you set out for yourself and for your organization. Cliff, welcome, my friend. Thanks very much for having me on. I'm super excited. uh, I've prepared a little bit, but uh, uh, a little nervous and see how it goes. Oh, man, you're going to crush it. The... uh, it's pretty cool when we think about goals, obviously entering a new year um, and the Steering Change podcast is a massive goal for us as friends, but also here at the association. And it's really cool mm-hmm. to see that we're, uh, yeah, we're knocking out our goals right now. This is awesome. Yeah, killing it. Cliff, can you share a little bit about yourself and your role here at the AMTA? My uh, my role here at AMTA is called the Senior Advisor of the Workplace Support Services Team. Now, uh, don't let the word Senior Advisor make you think that I know more than people on my team because they call me Senior just because I'm the oldest one on the team. And the, I'm the one that has over 35 years experience in the transportation industry. So I was kind of a, a good fit for this role. The guys that are that are on my team, Dave Elniski and Rob Dombowski, these guys are without a doubt some of the smartest minds in, I think, in the transportation industry. Not only can they help me and our team become successful, they can help every trucking company that they that they deal with, give them the guidance and advice to make a big difference, to make a change. And that's pretty much why we're here today. So yeah, looking forward to this. It's awesome, man. Yeah, the... Uh just quickly share a little memory lane with me and Mr. Cliff, but we've known, we go back a few years now and I still remember the first time we met and it was in Calgary at the Glenmore Inn and something about Cliff that um, I think at times he'll, he'll just kind of brush you off, which he'll probably do once I'm done talking is he's a very humble man, but he's incredibly personable and he's very approachable. And I think that from a leadership perspective is two of the best qualities that you can have when you really allow people to be themselves. Meet me where you're at, man. Let's do this. Like we got this. And mm-hmm. being an athlete still is to, to this day, knowing that he plays competitive hockey and just you, you really bring that leadership of we're going to crush it. We're going to a lot of a lot of the language that I use is from my my sports background. And I know a lot of your your language and your approach is similar is mm-hmm. just being really good at getting people to get excited about the mission that we're on to help a lot of people. And I think that's one of your gifts. And I really value that as your friend, too, because it really has empowered my journey over the last half decade or so of just being willing to being a little different and being comfortable being uncomfortable, I think is really crucial. And as a leader, as a senior advisor, I think that's something that you really empower your team on too, because Dave and Rob or anyone that's had a chance to ever speak to Dave and Rob, 
you're going to validate what I'm saying is like they also have gifts and their ability to really understand, okay, what's the pain point here? What are What's the company really expressing that they're trying to work through or they just have no understanding of at this point? And then they are so good at helping people in so many different ways that I'm excited for today's conversation as we dig into that and how a challenge really is a goal when you flip it and how Cliff, Dave, and Rob are phenomenal at allowing people to work through this process of understanding that, like, yeah, you're, cl- you're climbing a mountain, but getting to the getting to the top of the mountain is the goal, and then they help you get there. I think that's really key. But yeah, Cliff, your leadership style, your personality, man, like you really uplift people and empower people to do good things, and I just think we need to celebrate that. So. Thanks, Ben. That, that means a lot. Absolutely. So in today's conversation, I know we're really focusing on goals, um, the importance of goal setting. The Part of that has to do with the time of year when this episode is released, but also it's a crucial component to the transportation industry is always trying to push the needle forward and making sure that your company is as successful as it's possible, regardless of size. And I think that's something mm-hmm. that Cliff and I relate so well on is like sizes of a company is relevant to us. If you're a single owner operator, if you're, you, you just literally bought your first power unit and you're just hooking up to your first trailer or if you're an established fleet of five fleet of seven to ten fifteen to a thousand we're here to help and i know that we can help in many different ways which we'll dive into today so when we're talking about goals though cliff can you share your perspective on what is a goal but also what's the importance of having a goal in your personal and professional life you say professionally and personally I like to say I'm still an athlete. I'm 54 years old. <laughs> I, I think I'm kicking ass still as far as when it comes to that part. But if you don't have a goal, really, you're, you're just floating. For example, a, a personal goal of mine, I want to be at 10% body fat at 200 pounds. That is a goal. Now, you can't mistake a goal for an objective. You have a goal, my goal, my personal goal right now, 200 pounds at 10% body fat. How do I get that? Now that's the objective. Proper training, proper nutrition, proper sleep, just part of those. And then you can even break those down even further. So proper sleep, what does that mean? That means minimum eight hours sleep a night, consistent sleep, trying to be in bed by, you know, nine o'clock, nine thirty, et cetera. Proper nutrition, what does that mean? Well, this I'm gonna have this for breakfast, this for, for lunch, this for dinner, this for snacks, this for pre-training, this for post-training. It just breaks it down. So that's the personal side. Then you go into the professional side. You could use WCB as a perfect example, actually, of a, a goal setting. Some of these carriers really struggle with their WCB premiums. If you want to lower your WCB premiums, then that's a great goal. I want to lower my WCB premiums to a certain amount because you to make a goal, it has to be measurable. So say you're paying... I don't know, um, 50% more than you should be paying th- than the minimum for WCB premiums. And you, you want to drop it down to 25%. Well, that's your goal. I want to drop it by 25%. How do I do that? Well, then um, for WCB, you could, first of all, you talk to Rob Domposki, but we're going to get that in a little bit here. You could do some research into modified duties, OIS clinics. You could get set up with OIS clinics, proper reporting, those kind of things. And then again, you can even break that down even more. The OIS clinics, well, where are they? What's the closest one? I mean, you're a trucking company, so you're everywhere. So, you, right, it's, uh, there's, there's lots to think about when it comes to goals, but you don't want to make it too in the weeds, but you want to make it specific enough that it's attainable yeah. and achievable. 
Totally. You, you hit something right away. And I think the word floating is, is a key word that our community can really focus on is, are you floating? So in life, is it just day to day? I hope I get there. And, or are you like, I'm on a mission. And in our, in our world here at the association, we often talk about the different, the difference between busy and business. So are you being productive? Or are you just feeling your time? And I think a lot of the floating space is, well, it's a Sunday afternoon. I'm going to scroll my phone for four hours till I'm hungry. Like it's, you're really floating. And when you're intentional, that's the key part of a goal. So if it's like for anyone that doesn't know Cliff, when I highly recommend getting to know the guy, he's in like incredible shape. And sometimes when I stand next to him, I'm kind of like, I'm not an insecure human being, but <laughs> man, his shirt fits him really well. And for me, not so much. So the, uh, but it's the intentionality behind the goal too and understanding what is it going to take to get there. So I like that word floating though, because I think a lot of us can, we fight that. We fight, we fight, we're, we're really busy in other places. I'm just going to float through these components of my life. And it's the same in business. So if you're like, if you're doing it all, cause you're the owner op, you're the smaller fleet and you're the owner, but yet you're the dispatcher, you're the backup driver and the part-time mechanic, you have to be very intentional and you can't float because mm -hmm. if, you, we all understand floating costs money. So I like those examples. And I think WCB is a really, it's a hidden opportunity. And I remember when Rob, first, and we'll dive into this a little bit more in a second here, but when Rob first educated me on the opportunity to make money by managing your WCB well and how safety, like using that big S word, safety can really help your organization, it totally shifted my perspective because I was like, I never thought of it that way. And I've been in like health and safety rules for quite some years. I've been involved in many different circumstances. If it's a unionized environment where we think of health and safety in one way, maybe a little more to the T where I was also, a, I'm former professional driver myself. So what safety meant to me is a job well done and I have all my fingers, so I'm good. Like it's, but yeah, when you really think of it through Rob's lens, you're kind of like, oh, teach me more, teach me more. And it's cool being in this position that I'm in now because I get to watch Rob teach and I get to watch Rob. Like there's one carrier that we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about here in a minute, but he helped them, their company save a boatload of money because he was, helped, he was able to help them navigate through, w, uh, through WCB. So the goal of, of managing it, but yeah, I think not floating is a really key part. And then you also said objectives. And I like that you differentiated between goals and objectives, because I think at times the, uh, the objective can get lost in what your purpose is when it's like, no, no, the goal, what's the overarching goal? And then don't have the quote unquote project, or project creep that I used to get coached about all the time, like stay focused on the goal by accomplishing your objectives and yep. knowing what those objectives are. So I'm really glad you hit those two points because I think it will really tie in well as we just yeah kind of navigate how you and your team are helping carrier or trekking companies accomplish goals too. Yep. So, so I guess that's, that's a good, good time to pivot then. So in our industry, obviously, as we know, there's many goals that a trekking company could pursue. Um, can you share a couple examples? And we'll kind of dig into each one of them, um, but that you and your team are helping um, trekking companies accomplish goals. Maybe it's they came to you with a roadblock and you guys taught them that, hey, this is actually a goal now. And how do you work through it? Can you can you give us some examples of that? I think some of the more common ones in, in or common one really is when it comes to safety and compliance for a trucking company, like it doesn't matter if you are a one truck, two truck, five truck, or a thousand trucks, we're all governed by the same national safety code and OHS rules. One of the things that we find that the less experienced trucking companies struggle with is the the marriage of national safety code and 
occupational health and safety. They're so focused on the, the, the national safety code, you know, the hours of service, cargo securement, um, licensing, et cetera, kind of the, the OHNS is, is in the background and really you, you have to be master of all of them. And I think one goal, good goal for a, a smaller carrier, like I said, like a one, two, three, five, ten truck trucking company would be to master the OHNS side. It, it, it can be very daunting. It's uh, when you first look at it, it's very intimidating. And even when I look at it, I'm intimidated by it. And that's why I just phoned Dave Elniski. <laughs> Because Dave is a master, <laughs> master of marrying NSC and OHNS. As a matter of fact, he's created documents, bulletins to address this exact situation. And uh, so I, I think that is one good goal of a, a small trucking company is to research OHNS. And I mean, there's there's self-directed training that is available for a uh, smaller carrier or even any trucking company, for example, to look into. But I think one of your first, uh, as a trucking company, one of, if you're intimidated by the OHNS side, is just to reach out to us at WSS and, and we can get you started in the right direction. So Love that it. would be one of your first objectives to create that goal. Love it. Let's dig into that a little bit because you said a couple of really key things. So First, I want to mirror what you shared about Dave and Dave's ability to help people if it's expanding their level of understanding, if it's giving you a yes or no answer to a question or really walking you through like what is so when we talk about like OHS, occupational health and safety, what's the law? Well, it really depends. It depends on how your business is set up. So he's really good at digging into that, as well as the National Safety Code, which really provides the guidance for like the transportation law, like that side of the regulation, which is very mm -hmm. different than occupational health and safety. So totally want to just compliment Dave and really encourage people. If you got questions, he's a phenomenal resource. And I think it's really important that we also hit that we're not enforcement. So if you do have a question that you're just really not sure, am I breaking the law right now or am I not? You can come to us, you can ask. And like, well, when I say us, Cliff, Dave, and Rob, because yeah, they're phenomenal resources. But so when you're talking about just for a, like a smaller trucking company to really understand occupational health and safety, would that be just to really get, say, like worker protection, like what you have to do, like as the boss is the employer. Is that kind of the, like some of the key guidance that you would want small trucking companies to understand in that space? Well, totally. I mean, it's really occupational health and safety is not transportation specific at all. It's employer specific. So OHS really caters to protecting the employer and the employee. So it's not just specifically the employer protecting the employee or the or, or the government, for example, or, or OHS protecting the employee. You, it's really the employer protecting the employee and themselves. I mean, it's that's not a very good example. I can't really think of a good example off the top no, of my head. I, I think that's critical, though, because you, I think when we get too busy and the whole, like, we're in the Wild West, I mean, we're, this podcast is based in Alberta, Canada. So when you're thinking about, like, different industries like some of the things that you hear out here or we hear out here is just like cowboy up and get it done mm -hmm. and i think what you just said though which is really important is the employer protecting the employee and themselves understanding that the employer is also still in the truck a lot of times the employer yep. is still in the field i think that's really critical and i think what just again working through experience leaning on yourself heavily leaning on dave leaning on rob is 
like understanding that it creates that culture of when you're focused, like no, no load is worth your life. I think that's one of the best statements you can say. I don't care what you're hauling, no load is worth your life. And that's an OHNS. Like that's, that's occupational health and safety speaking is no load is worth your life. You, you have much bigger reasons to obviously make it home at the end of the day or make it home at the end of the trip. So, but yeah, no Cliff, I'm glad you hit that. I think that that is a really key component for sure. Yeah. So what was that? You said you had another couple examples. Can you share another example of how you guys are yeah, helping smaller trucking companies be successful with their goals? The, uh, I, th- I think I touched on a little bit earlier. One of the biggest hurdles for trucking companies right now is hiring, hiring drivers, hiring experienced drivers, hiring insurable drivers, I guess, is what I'm looking at. And we get multiple questions every week on how do we hire somebody? How do we get somebody trained properly to work for my trucking company? And the larger trucking companies, I mean, they're the way that insurance is set up right now, they have a bit of uh, an advantage where they're self-insured or for for lack of a better term, it's called self-insured. Smaller trucking companies, they have a bit more of a struggle on that. Another goal for a smaller trucking company would be to hire class one drivers. Right now, there's a huge struggle in the industry to get new drivers, get their butts into seats. And we get multiple questions every week on how do we get this person trained? You know, my cousin wants to be a truck driver and I would like to hire him, but I don't have $10,000 to put him through a melt program. Or my, my, you know, my, my son can really drive. He's been driving with me for a while, but I don't have $10,000 to put him through the mail program. That's a goal to get my Billy, my son to get his butt in the seat and to be able to be a truck driver for me. One of the, uh, an objective to that would be, okay, my goal, the goal is to get Billy as class one. So an objective is to try to find the funds to get Billy his melt program. There are multiple opportunities for grants for this exact thing. Not too many people, unfortunately, know about them. Canada Alberta Job Grant is probably one of the biggest ones. The government provides, I think it's two-thirds of the cost of melt, which is, or what is it, two-thirds of 10 grand, right? Yeah. So almost $7,000 you can get to put somebody through class one. That would be something that Rob Dombowski, and we talked about him already a little bit, and uh, I'm sure you're going to talk about him a little bit more here, but he is a master of that space. And I just use that because I know you're going to use it. (laughs) uh, You stole my example. (laughs) I I did. (laughs) And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's to get people, their commercial driver's license should not be a barrier. And there are opportunities to get that. And you just got to know about them. And right now, they're, they're, unfortunately, people are so busy right now that they don't have the time to to know it. And they don't know what they don't know. And it's our job, yours and my job, to get that out, to tell people, which is why we're doing this today, as a matter of fact. So, thousand percent. Yeah, the, uh, again, celebrating Rob, the guy is a champ. And mm-hmm. I remember the first time he was educating me on, like, what it takes to even navigate through the grant. So knowing that Rob is a resource for trucking companies here in Alberta, 
to really walk you through that process is like, oh, thank you so much. Because it can be overwhelming if you've never went through one before, if you're not used to that level of paperwork or you're just not sure. Um, but I think that's really key. And that is a huge goal of a lot of the tracking companies that we work with is the fact that they're hiring and they know really good people that they want to hire. But that barrier, like Cliff mentioned, you don't want the cost of training to be a barrier of entry. And that grant really does help as well as having a very um, intelligent guy named Rob by your side the entire time when you're trying to figure out like, well, how does it work? And what questions do I need to ask? All that kind of stuff. So I, I think that's a really great example of, again, how your team is really leaning in and helping tracking companies achieve their goals. Yeah, I agree. And, and a lot of people don't know, like, again, I'm going to go back to that same line. You don't know what you don't know. Uh, the experience and equivalency program. If somebody has had their class three and used it for three years, they can use that as experience to get their class one at a discounted price and time as well. Totally. No, I, I think that's incredible for sure. Is there, um, so do you have an example where maybe a trekking company, I wouldn't say necessarily they relocated from a different, like they're not coming from the States into Canada, but just knowing that each province has very different rules, very different laws that you need to follow. If you're hauling just like each roadway has, as we know, certain regulations that say you can only be this heavy, this wide, that kind of thing. Well, there's permits for that. Are you, has your team leaned on, or sorry, has your team helped anyone in that space when we're thinking more of like maybe heavy haul or just weird loads that you're, you see down the road all the time? You're kind of like, what the heck is that? How is that legally on the road? Which again is a mm -hmm. big goal. So is your team been leaning in that space at all, helping people or helping companies? Yeah, actually, I, I've got a really good example just on that. There's a trucking company, a, a smaller trucking company out of BC that decided they wanted to have a bit of a presence in Alberta. So they moved their shop, I believe it was in, to Calgary, and reached out to our very famous Dave Elniski. And their compliance person was based out of BC. So he reached out to Dave and Dave was able to you know, help them out with the aspects, the different aspects of NSC and OHNS in Alberta. And he worked with that person establishing a basic OHNS procedure for the new location in Alberta. And uh, also at the same time, figured out a very complicated cross-border TDG issue regarding lithium batteries that enabled them to engage in a new revenue generating activities cross border. So not only was he able to help them out on the Alberta BC side, but also on the US side for for DG. So it's uh, for, and, and everybody has to know that uh, there's no fee for any of this. This is something that is funded already. So we are doing this because this is what we believe in. We're not, we're not doing this for profit. We are all Josh, myself, Rob, Dave, everybody on our team. We all do this because we believe that this is what needs to get done. No, no, I think that's key. The um, so when we think about well, again, I want to celebrate Dave. I think a, a lot of this conversation again focus on goals and the the challenges that our industry goes through. It's really key that like I've had different coaches and professional mentors and stuff throughout my career, and that's essentially what Dave, Rob, and Cliff are, is they're coaches and mentors, they're subject matter experts when we're talking transportation, safety, compliance, human resources. So the nuances of a, a company coming from a different province to now have the chance to go into the States and do some pretty cool loads with very new commodities. So very mm -hmm. like lithium batteries have been around for a while, but the 
just understanding those those dedicated loads. That's a that's a cool experience, and knowing that Dave was able to help out, so I think that's really cool because it's a really it's a different type of ability to say as a trucking company, or it's a different it's a different not ability, sorry, a service offering to say, I can help you with that. We have the tools in place to help you with this. It's never been done before. It's really unique. It's really big, whatever it is. So, and then knowing that they have support, and I love Cliff that you just hit on the fact that there's no cost. Like at the end of the day, that's what we're here for. And it's not like, and and I use this example often. I don't go to a meeting with an invoice and a credit card reader in hand. <laughs> I We really go to help. And again, I think that's just another example of how AMT is helping trucking companies accomplish their goals and yep. understanding what, okay, this was a hurdle. This is the goal. So the, um, I think, yeah, I think those are really good examples for sure. And something that I want to hit on before we end though, is you also said that goals need to be measured. And I think a critical component of when you measure something is there, there is accountability there. You can't just say it and not do it. Like, no, no, mm-hmm. we're, we're being held to this standard now because we're, we're committed to this goal. So can you kind of hit on just what's the importance of measuring before we end? Well, if it's not measured, how are you going to know that you've accomplished it, really, in the end? Most measurements are through numbers. It's kind of difficult to put a number to a lot of things. I mean, the example, the personal example I used uh, is very simple, right? I wanted to be 200 pounds at 10% body fat. Well, that's 200 is a number, 10% is a number. And right now I'm I'm probably sitting at a good 14, 15% and 205 pounds. So, I mean, I got a little ways to go. But uh, when it comes to the WCB, for example, again, there is a number. I'm paying 50% more. I want to get that down to 25% more. That's the goal. The objectives are how you attain that. I think, yeah, understanding where it is that you want to go and measuring to actually know if you accomplish the goal or not is a critical component where mm-hmm. that way you're not, again, going back to that word that you said earlier, you're not floating. You're not just oh, we didn't get it. Okay. Like, well, maybe we'll try next year. Like, no, no, no. This, <laughs> this is a hard target. And when you're dealing with WCB or if it's your personal goals, what that, where you're kind of starting at and where you're headed to and your end goal, like it is really important that you can measure that. And I can, well, just speaking from experience, I know that throughout the year, you're measuring different things where for us, like prior to me working at the association, I was really fortunate. I worked for a great fleet, uh, very large, and we had a lot of different goals that we were accomplishing or that we were pursuing. And some of it was speed related, some of it was fuel performance. But when you were able to check, like we check literally daily to see if we're accomplishing the goal by having less of or having an improved miles per gallon, like it was really exciting kind of being in that position to say, hey, and it's cool knowing that again, yourself, Cliff, Rob and Dave, you're helping small trucking companies, mid-sized trucking companies really understand the metrics, but I'm glad you hit on the fact that it's crucial that you do measure. Otherwise you won't know if you're actually successful or not. So yeah, yeah, I'm glad you hit that. So, um, but yeah, before we end today, my friend, um, were there any final words that you would like to share as well as, can you drop the best email address? If someone has questions for you and your team that they can get in contact with you with. Sure. Yeah, you bet. Our our email address is WSS at amta.ca and all three of us will get that that email and that way if i'm traveling or they're traveling somebody will get that email and get your response pretty much pretty quickly the one comment i would like to make is that the wss team we don't just walk the walk we actually talk we don't just talk to talk we walk the walk 
I think I mentioned earlier that I've been in the industry for, for 35 years. I, I started when I was 18 years old loading trucks. And then I got my class one in my early 20s and drove truck for 10 years and then got into sales for another 10 years. And then I was a terminal manager slash dishwasher slash uh, hire, fire, tra- driver, trainer, PDIC instructor, LCV instructor, TDG instructor, drove the Bobcat, cleared snow. I, um, I was the, I maintained the trucks, I driver file, everything. And then when I got this opportunity, it really kind of let me use all that experience to help others out. So it just kind of, it, it was a perfect fit for me. And then we go to Dave Elniski, same thing. I mean, the guy is a is a, a student of transportation, literally a <laughs> student of transportation. The guy goes to school nonstop to learn more every day. He's he's just going for his master's right now. And he again, Dave as well, is a is a former long haul trucker deck truck actually uh, throughout the western provinces and uh, western U.S. as well. Rob Dombowski. I mean, that guy traveled all over the world getting his education and uh, knows more about occupational or not OHS, but more about HR and WCB than uh, most trucking companies do uh, combined. So, I mean, between our team, there's, we don't know everything. That's another thing I'd, I'd like to, to make a comment on is we don't know everything. However, we do know people that know what we are looking for. Uh, we have great relationships with Alberta Transportation. We have great relationships with Transport Canada. We have great relationships with enforcement all through Alberta and Canada. So if there are any questions, please feel free to reach out. We might not know it, but we're going to get it for you from the people that do know it. So it's awesome, man. <laughs> and, and it's true. Like I, speaking from experience, it is very true. So I, I just echo what Cliff said, like they're, they're phenomenal resources. Lean on them. Reach out to them. WSS at amta.ca. And of course, all links that we mentioned and email addresses are in the show notes. So if you have any questions, highly recommend that you reach out to the guys. And Cliff, just my friend, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. It was, it's it's awesome from a personal level because we've talked about podcasting for so long, but also just as a as colleagues and knowing our goal, knowing our, who we're really aiming to serve at a greater capacity. And I just really value that you're able to show up as yourself, share some really good golden nuggets and just continue to help our industry. My friend, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So thank you again, Cliff, and for taking the time to join me today on the Steering Change podcast. And as Cliff and I hit today, goal setting is crucial for your business because you don't want to float. You want to know where you're going and you want to know the objectives that you have to take so that way you can actually get where you need to be. So again, if you have any questions for Cliff or his team, please reach out to the email, which is in the show notes, which is wss at amta.ca. All right, Steering Change Podcast community. Did you have a question that you would like answered on an upcoming episode of the Steering Change Podcast? We want to hear from you. So to submit your question to the Steering Change mailbag, hit up our DMs on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram with the hashtag Steering Change, and your question will be answered either live on an upcoming podcast or one by one of our awesome subject matter experts here at the AMTA. I also ask that you share this episode with those in your network that you believe could benefit from the conversation we had today, and also that you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player, so that way you're notified when all future episodes are released. You can learn more about us and our mission here at the AMTA by visiting our website, www.amta.ca. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and I hope you have a safe day. 
Thank you for listening to AMTA's Steering Change Podcast. If you have questions or comments, please reach out to us on social media or visit amta.ca.